Whether you are in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management provides clarity through the complexity. Shoreline's system is straightforward. They will understand your financial circumstances, identify goals, analyze current plans, and customize a path to position you to reach your goals. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA. SIPC. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Welcome to the Financial Wake Up Call podcast with Dave Cross and I am Vin Ebenu, just putting down the forks and knives and spoons and the glass cups and plates because dinner is served or breakfast or lunch. Yeah, or it depends where you're whatever listening time to this, of day you're right? listening to this podcast, Dave Crossin has your Financial Wake Up Call podcast. What's cooking this week, Dave? There it is. I, I think we still need music. Something in the background. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll work on that. There we go. Something. There it is. All right. So this week, I felt this was very important. I think all of these podcasts are important. But sure. something that I talked about on a previous podcast, in fact, it was two of them. The first one was common investment mistakes, mistakes people can make when they invest their money. The other was common estate planning mistakes. Those are mistakes that you can make while getting your proper documentation in order, setting up your intention for what is to happen when you pass away. You want to make sure that's in good order, but there are mistakes that you can make. This week, we are going to talk about common estate settlement mistakes, meaning, let's say I receive money, my father passes away and I receive an inheritance. Mistakes I can make Ah. receiving the money. So before I said estate planning mistakes where I would set up my plan for when I pass away, how I want things to go, the direction I want them to go to the beneficiaries. Right. This is the other side of it. The side where I'd be receiving the asset, receiving the inheritance, mistakes I could make. All right. Sure. So yeah. I want, I'm, I'm fired up. You can tell. Yeah. So there we it, go. Sizzling. Unfortunately, you can make mistakes setting up your estate plan and you can make mistakes when you receive the inheritance. Okay. So I wanted to talk about different ones that you need to be careful of. And it really depends on what the benefit is or the asset is or what you're receiving. So right off the bat, I'm going to start off with, let's say I am receiving a retirement account, a traditional IRA, a 401k, a 403b, and I am the child. I'm receiving this. Well, one big mistake would be I receive this and one of my options would be to take a lump sum benefit, meaning if I decided I'll make a number up, let's say it's $100,000 and I'm like, okay, uh, I'm looking at my different options and I choose lump sum. That means then that $100,000 will be all taxable in that tax year. Okay. So let's say I'm in a high tax bracket. Now I've added an additional 100000 of taxable income 
for that given tax year. So the reason I wanted to bring that up, there is the ability in most cases to do as long as a 10-year stretch. So I could pull that money out gradually over a 10-year period. Now, there's a certain minimum I must take out each year, but the idea behind it is by the end of the 10 years, as I am the beneficiary of this account, this IRA, this pre-tax account, that I must have all the money out of there by that point. The nice thing about that is I'm being taxed gradually. Each year, whatever amount I take out of the account, that's what I'm going to be taxed on. Now, I'm not saying that you have to wait the 10 years. Right. You have that ability to do so. Okay. But let's say I wanted to stretch it over five years or six years. I wouldn't have to pay all of the tax right in that given tax year. So mistake number one, Mm. people receive an IRA from, say, a parent. Okay. And- they see that option as lump sum. They feel they got to do a full distribution when they don't realize that they could delay the process and gradually pay the tax on this money out to a 10-year period. So that is mistake number one. And also another example would be, let's say it's a husband and wife. Let's say the husband passes away. The wife could then have that IRA transferred into her name and she could continue it out as part of her collective uh, IRA or pre-tax retirement accounts. That's an option as well in most cases that the spouse could continue it for a much longer period of time over her life expectancy. And again, if she has retirement accounts, it would be part of the balance as a whole. She could move it into her name. So she wouldn't be having to take it out over the 10-year period. She could take it out over her lifetime with when she gets to the point where she has to take required minimum distributions, that she takes it out with her other retirement assets. So two things to take away from here. Number one, if it's a spouse, to continue it for a longer period of time, it wouldn't just have to be a 10-year period. It could be over her life expectancy. And number two, and I'm using the example that the husband passed away, the next example would be, let's say it's going directly to one of the children they would have the stretch option as far as, when I say stretch, up to 10 years. That's as far as it goes. It used to be that a child could take it out as a life expectancy over their time frame. That has changed. It's as much as 10 years. So again, be careful that you don't look at that and say, oh, lump sum, I have to pull it all out. You do have the ability to delay that taxation out to the 10-year time frame. Mm. Number two, Vin. Ah. What if, and I'll utilize an annuity for for example here, a non-qualified annuity, a non-retirement account annuity. Okay. Same situation. Let's utilize this example. Let's say I receive this annuity. I'm the beneficiary of an annuity that my dad uh, owned. And he had put in $100,000. And over time, it grew to $200,000. Right. So what happens? That the profits, that 100000 over the cost basis, that's all income or gains that has not been taxed. So in that scenario, if I did the same thing and said, okay, $200,000, let us go ahead and take a lump sum distribution of that money. Well, the principal, the original 100000 would not be taxed, but those profits would be the 100000 that have been growing tax deferred would now be taxable. 
So again, there's a situation where with an annuity, you would typically have up to a five-year time frame to take the distribution. So again, on the $100,000 profit on that annuity, I could delay that by taking it over a five-year time period. The idea behind it is that it would be completely withdrawn from the account by the end of the five years so that it would be done. And in some cases, I may be able to take it out as income payments um, for a period of time or for my lifetime, if that's one of the options. But if it's going to be a situation where it's more of a lump sum type situation to pull out, I would not have to take it out in that one tax year. I could delay that and take it over a five-year time frame. A little bit each year would be an effective strategy if I'm looking to pay the tax gradually. And again, I think that's a situation where people look at the options, see, hey, it's 200000 I'm going to take that withdrawal. They're not realizing that part of its principal and part of its gains that have never been taxed. And in that gotcha. situation, those gains will be taxed in the tax year that you take it out. And when you do take these withdrawals, it's not as if I can say, well, I'll take principal first and then the uh, profits. No, it would be that profit coming out first, which is going to be taxable. So what I typically tell people is, you know, speak with your CPA, speak with your accountant, look at the impact of this income that you're going to have to declare over this time period. And if it makes sense, you can delay it. And again, I, I want to make this very clear. I'm not saying you have to delay it. Right. If it makes sense to pull it all out in one given tax year, I understand that. I just want people to know the difference that they don't have to do it all at one time and they have the ability to delay it up to a five-year period or in some cases they could take it out with payments over their lifetime. And what that simply does, it lessens the tax liability by spreading it out. Now, this is another one. Now, we have spoken about this before, but I'm going to add an extra investment or another type of an investment that this could impact. Okay. We've spoken about bonds that have survivor option features. What that basically means is, let's say I am the beneficiary of a bond that has a survivor option to it. If it's less than the original face amount or what it was issued at, let's say it's 10,000, it's now worth eight. I can go ahead and exercise the survivor option and get back the original 10,000. That's with corporate bonds, but also, and I haven't mentioned this before, this is new. There are also what are called brokerage or broker CDs. Okay. They are CDs put out by financial firms. They have the FDIC insurance on them, the 250,000 of coverage. The difference though, is if you buy a CD at say a local bank, if you redeem it early, typically it's an amount of interest you give up. It may be up to six months of interest as your penalty if you redeem it prior to its maturity. With a broker or brokerage CD, it trades like a bond. So if you look at it like a corporate bond, it'll trade, it'll go up and down depending on interest rates. So let's say this is something that I receive as part of an inheritance that my dad who owned the bond prior, I should say the, the CD prior, he put in 10,000, now it's worth eight. It may also have the survivor option feature that I can exercise to be able to get the original 10,000 back, that being that uh, the, the face amount, that that 10,000 is the face amount for this broker brokerage CD. Okay. 
I see this mistake too many times where people receive the asset that's not explained to them that that feature exists. And what ends up happening is they receive it. Let's say it's distributed into a brokerage account in my name and I want the cash and I just go ahead and sell it. Prior to that money moving over to my name, there should be a conversation on any bonds, any brokerage CDs to see if a survivor option is part of the bond, if you will. That's a conversation I would have with the financial advisor. That's something that should be disclosed anyway. But if you are receiving any bonds or any broker or brokerage CDs as part of an inheritance, before any transfers take place, ask that question. Is there a survivor option feature or another term is called a death put feature? Again, the ability for the beneficiary to receive the original face amount, principal back amount, assuming at that point, if it's less in value when I receive it as part of my inheritance. Now, of course, if it's higher in value than the face amount, the original issuing amount, then you can sell it for that current value and you wouldn't need to exercise uh, the survivor option in that case. Last point I want to bring up, and this is a big one, and this is actually more for the estate planning end of items that you're looking to pass on to your children, to your beneficiaries. For accounts, and I'll use IRAs, 401ks, 403bs as a great example. If you are naming beneficiaries on there, which typically you would want to, so if something, let's say it's my IRA and I'm passing it on to my children, that it clearly goes to them and they have the option, like I talked about, stretching out for 10 years to take that money out, give them all the options possible to take that inheritance and to spread out the distributions. Also on there, if there is the ability to put a contingent beneficiary to name Let's say if something happens to my one child, it would go to this child or a grandchild or whatever direction I want to go. It also could be a situation where it could go to persterpes to say my children's children, direct line, or say per capita, instead of four beneficiaries, if one passes away, it would go to the remaining three. The reason I want to bring this up is, well, it's, this is the reason. Unfortunately, I had a situation where I had a husband and wife and they both passed away on the same day. There was an accident, unfortunately. And what happened, they were each other's beneficiaries, right? So let's say the husband passed away, we go to the wife. If the wife passed away, we go to the husband. And in this situation, they both passed away the same day. Oh, wow. Now, in a situation, if there is a contingent beneficiary, then it would go to that contingent beneficiary. But if there isn't a contingent beneficiary, uh -huh. it would then go to the estate. Ah. And why is that a bad thing? Well, in a situation with a retirement account, if it goes to the estate, it would take away some of the options to settle the account, meaning it may take away the ability to stretch it out over 10 years. It actually may force a lump sum distribution. Huh. So if you have a situation where you have a husband and wife, the beneficiary is to each other, look if there is the ability to put a contingent beneficiary to do so. In that case, if you wanted it to go to the children, list them on there. 
again, it's not typical that typical that a husband and wife would pass away the same day. But in this situation, it did happen. And not having a contingent beneficiary on there, that money is forced to go to the estate. So I wanted to bring that up. It's a situation that typically would not happen. But with any estate planning that you do, anything that you're trying to set up, you want it set up in a way that if something happens, there is a backup. And I see this a lot too, where people have a situation where, let's say the husband passes, the monies go to say the wife, and this is just an example, but there is never the next setup where, okay, what happens next? In other words, you always want situations where if something happens to one party, that's a beneficiary, there is a different direction it can go. It could be to the children. It could be a designation to the grandchildren. It could be to the remaining children that are still alive, whatever the situation is. Typically in a will, you will see those different designations in there or the different beneficiaries that would lay out exactly, well, if something happened to this party, it would go to this party or the grandkids or the other beneficiaries, whatever the situation is. And that's typically in a will. Unfortunately, when it comes to beneficiary designations, a direct designation, people have a tendency not to look at all the different options just in case something happens to the primary beneficiary. And remember this, Vin, any account that has a direct beneficiary designation will always supersede whatever the will says. Okay. I always bring this up, but I'm bringing it up again, (laughs) that if I have something that says that the IRA account in my will is to go to one party, but on the actual IRA account, I have it going to a completely different party. Well, it's going to follow whatever the beneficiary designation is. So I wanted to bring these points up different settlement mistakes people can make. Uh, I always find it valuable to have a conversation with the estate planning attorney anytime you're settling up accounts. What we do at Shoreline Wealth Management when we are setting up accounts for individuals, we also do have that conversation to make sure, number one, it's clear if something happens to you, what do you want to see happen? And then what we also like to do is for the beneficiaries, let's say they're going to be the executor or they're going to inherit these different type of assets that have different options, that we have the conversation ahead of time what to expect. Too many times parents unfortunately pass away and for the children that need to settle up these accounts, they're not sure what to do. They may not get all the information that they need. And especially what I was talking about before, where certain investments, certain types of accounts have certain legacy features that if you weren't aware that they existed on the account or the investment, you may make the mistake, liquidate when you could have received a higher value just for the sake of knowing Mm. that that was on the account. So what we always like to do is when we set up accounts, we talk about beneficiaries, we talk about making sure there's contingent beneficiaries on accounts, but we also like to talk to the beneficiaries so everybody's on the same page. So unfortunately, when it gets to that point where a loved one does pass away, it's as smooth as possible to make sure the money goes to where it's intended to go. There it is. It's important stuff. Yeah, and also, too, you want to make sure there's going to be a tax filing, the different distributions. Let's say a house needs to be sold. We get into that conversation so that everybody knows what to expect. And also, we help them along with the process to get it done. Certainly a lot to digest and a lot for people to think about and and figure out, Dave. Um, 
so that people can try and make the best decision for them and you know for people and their family and everything. Uh, how can they get in touch with you at Shoreline Wealth Management to discuss what options are possibly available? Well, I'm glad you asked. There you go. And I will tell. Well, let's go with our main number, 732-902-7880. We have offices in lovely Manchester and Manahawkin. And of course, you can visit us at shorelinewealth.com. And for people that are not in the area, we can obviously do it over video phone call, whatever is most convenient. I find, Vin, a lot of people will not come into the office. They're busy with work. It may be a little bit of a distance to travel, especially let's say we're talking to this two beneficiaries uh, for selling up an estate. We can do it all over video, have that conversation, put different items on the screen and explain everything that's going on. There it is. So go see Dave Cross in there and uh, discuss this or any financial-related topics, and he'll guide you on that journey forward. Dave, another good podcast in the books. Thank you. Don't forget to tune back to any number of the Financial Wake Up Call podcasts with Dave Crossan. Share with your family, friends, and you know what? We're in beach season, Dave. Bring it with you to the beach. Bring there it your, is. your earbuds, your, your headphones or whatever. When you're catching some rays and a tan, just close your eyes, put the sunglasses on, and go on that financial journey. Love it. Plan ahead. Absolutely. And then you'll memorize that phone number to call David Shoreline Wealth Management. Or, of course, memorize shorelinewealth.com. There it is. <laughs> Summertime with Dave at Shoreline Wealth Management. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. This information is not intended to be a substitute for individualized legal advice. Please consult your legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management provides clarity through the complexity with offices in Manchester and Manahawkin. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit shorelinewealth.com for more information and start your financial journey with comfort and security today. Shorelinewealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.